Annyeong SAO! Welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K-Romance guides. So grab some deck bokeh and listen to your new favorite unease. Hi, everyone! Hello, guys! So we're back! You, we're back! I don't know if you can tell, but it's Sarah from Afternoon Us and Megan from Afternoon Army. And yes, we're here crashing the pod again to do a deep dive on a drama that the Nunas haven't covered and probably aren't going to get around to watching, and it's Castaway Diva. Um, so, Megan, it's really great to be on the show with you again. I know. I love it. I had so much fun last time, and I was so excited to do this again. <laughs> and I think we're kind of, we did do this on purpose. Like, we, you know, we didn't start this drama thinking, right, we'll do a deep dive on this together. But I, th- and also obviously didn't, you know, establish what our reactions would be. But I think we're establishing this kind of MO now where, like, Megan is, like, good cop. And I'm like bad cop on a drama. <laughs> but obviously we will go into this. Um so obviously we I think it makes for a fun pod though, like because some some things that uh, you think of something and I don't think something and we can both kind of agree to disagree or agree to agree. Yeah, <sighs> and from K watching date and I will say like from my early K watch K drama watching days, I didn't have anyone to talk to dramas with. And so like I don't have like a a refined palette of k-drama because i just went in and like whatever netflix was serving me i was like that looks good that looks good that looks good so like i kind of love everything i think because of that because i yeah. just kind of it a time in my life where i just kind of devoured content and didn't like really look at it with a discerning eye so i think it's funny that like you're you will put in your instagram post on k-drama this you'll have like an opinion and i'll be like She's right, but also I don't care. <laughs> like if that doesn't bother <laughs> yeah, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is great. It is, um, yeah. But I think it's fair to say that this has been a bit of a, de- a divisive drama for viewers. Some of us have loved it and others have, haven't. And so without going into too many spoilers, um, I think you and me represent both sides of that coin, like you just said. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll start with an intro, Castaway Diva is a 2023 drama starring Park Eun-bin, Che Jong-hyop, I hope I'm saying that right, and Cha Ha-kyun. And this is the synopsis. Mo Ka has always dreamt of being a singer during middle school. However, she ends up on a deserted island where she manages to survive alone for 15 years. When she's finally rescued, she must adjust to a world that has changed dramatically in her absence. While learning to navigate the complex social dynamics of modern society, Mocha is determined to achieve her dream of becoming a singer, and she will stop at nothing to make it happen. As we usually do on Afternoon Delight Deep Dives, we're going to start with a non-spoiler section, and then clearly say when we move into spoilers. It's kind of important as the drama sets up a kind of mystery in the middle where we don't know who the boy we start the drama with grows up to be as an adult. But first, Sarah, why did you pick this drama? <laughs> so I came for Park and Bin and I came for a heroin centered drama because if you see like the posters and the trailer, it was all about her and her, you know, story of being on a castaway island. And I thought that was a kind of cool setup. Uh I love Park and Bin from King's Affection, Do You Like Brahms, Ext- Extraordinary Attorney Wu. They're all my past dramas of her. And I think she's such a versatile actor. So um, I-, I thought it would be a lot of fun to pick it up. Um, this is my first Che Jong-kyop drama, but we're going to talk about him more, I'm sure, as we go through this part. Um, and also Cha Hak-yeon plays Wu Hak, who's um, 
one of the brothers and we've seen and liked him on rookie cop the rookie cop in bad and crazy um i also have a bit of a soft spot for kim Joo-hun, who plays the ceo of a music company in castaway diva but um i initially fell for him really badly in it's okay to not be okay where he plays gomun young's book publisher um, so this drama is written and directed by the same team behind Startup and While You Were Sleeping, for those of you who know those dramas. So have you have you seen those dramas, Megan? Um, Startup, I talk about this later, but Startup was one of my first dramas. Yeah. Um, and I it holds a special place in my heart and I have watched it all the way through twice at wow. least. Wow. Um, because I just loved it. Um, and it's the first one I watched dropping because up until that point I had binged everything mm. and it was so hard for me to be like, is it Thursday yet? <laughs> like I, I need yeah. to know what happens. I think it was like a Thursday, Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I didn't know that they, um, it was the same team behind the startup. I haven't seen while you were sleeping, but I've heard good things about it. Yeah. Um, same. I came, uh, well, I picked this one up. Like I picked up most of my dramas in when. 2023 now it's 2024 going forward I'm going to do the same thing um because I went back into the workforce recently um and I need a drama that's dropping a little bit at a time because mm. I don't have really the time to binge I actually did binge over Christmas break and that's because there was no dance no after school I just came home from work and was able to like do what I wanted yeah um but I also have a huge soft spot for Park Boom Bin um, since The King's Affection. That was the first thing I ever saw her in. And I just was like, you are amazing. Um, and in another attempt to get listeners to watch, nevertheless, <laughs> I will say um, that um, Che Jong-hyuk um, is the potato boy in Nevertheless. Um, he plays the second male lead and he is adorable. So I, you know, every, every chance I get, I'm going to talk about Song Kang. So, <laughs> yeah, I've not, I've still not watched a single Song Kang drama. So just before we started recording the pod, Megan was talking about you, you're currently watching My Demon and I'm trying to debate whether or not I want to start it or not. He does look really hot in this drama, in, in My Demon. He does. But for all the listeners out there, if you want to go on a Song Kang journey, start with Nevalaria. That is what I feel like, in my opinion, his best role, he will make you laugh. He will make you cry. He will make you swoon. Um, and at that time, he was so young. Yeah. I, I When I looked up his age, I was shocked at how young he was and how good of an actor he was. He's been in lots of other things like forecasting, love and weather, nevertheless, um, my demon. He's been in lots of other things. But Navalaria, I feel like is his best role to date. Like, he is excellent in it. So if you get the chance watch the couple first few episodes and I think you'll agree. Like, I think yeah. you'll be like, okay, sticking with it. That is definitely on my list. Definitely. Yeah. I should maybe probably make, yeah, like you said, maybe they'll make that my first song kind of drama. Yeah. So without too many spoilers, um, firstly, did the drama meet your expectations of what it would be like going in? And secondly, I think that this kind of happened for Good Bad Mother too. <laughs> this is another theme of ours, um, which we covered in our last deep dive together, that this drama needs to come with some trigger warnings because it isn't quite what it seems on the poster again. So um, what were your thoughts? Well, I came a little late to the party. I think when I started this drama, it already had like four episodes out. I was kind of on the fence if I was going to watch it. And at the time, now I can't remember what I was wrapping up. I was wrapping up another, I think it was um, 
Destined with You. I think those kind of overlapped at the time. So I think I was finishing Destined with You while this was dropping. And I was like, oh, I don't really have the time. Let me see how it goes. And then like at a weekend where nothing was going on. So I was like, okay, let me jump in. So from social media, I had kind of seen where this was going. Like I had an idea, um, the setup that wasn't in the preview because it's funny, like good, bad mother, the previews of this are a lie. (laughs) And I mean that in the best possible way. Like they give you a synopsis and they give you this preview of Castaway Diva and this like aspiring idol story. Um, And I feel like that's only 30% of the story. Yeah. Uh, There should be some major trigger warnings and I'm just going to go ahead and give them here. Domestic violence, murder, and suicide. If those, and I mean that in the way that they were handled. I feel like they were handled well, but they are shown. Like it's, you see things happening that deal with those triggers. So if those are things that you don't like or don't want in your world or triggering for you this isn't the drama for you because some of it kind of sneaks up on you Mm. um when you least expect it and that was kind of kind of like with good bad mother where we were like that came out of nowhere like how how did we get there so yeah at this i mean for you at what point were you ever like i think i might drop this like was there a point for you that you were like "Uh, i might have to walk away yeah but not because of the not because of the content but just more because the drama was just just not doing it for me on multiple points which I will cover more um throughout the pub but I think your point on the good bad mother uh juxtaposition is a really good one so in that deep dive we covered about how it's a real mishmash of genres and some of my problems with it were that I don't think it it always went very well going from like high slapstick comedy to like basically abuse to like highly traumatic kind of backstories and 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 I think really skillful k-dramas can um weave those things together but um I don't know that Good Bad Mother did it very well and I think similarly in Castaway Diva there's quite a high comedy kind of I think the the Mokas character often is used for comic relief um but then juxtaposed behind like her actually very traumatic 15 years on a castaway island plus all the domestic violence, plus all the ongoing kind of like violence. It was a bit jarring for me. And that's kind of uh, partly why I found this, this like it's a bit too much of a hodgepodge of stuff for me. Um, and I'll, I'll cover this more in the spoiler section, but I think um, because of this, like the drama didn't pan out and what I got didn't really meet my expectations because of it. However, I will say that the first two episodes of this drama are amazing like just top notch uh and i think anybody who's seen startup would kind of recognize this um the child actors and their backstory are just amazing um and it's really kudos to the actor who plays kiho in the first two actors this is the young actor so his name is moon Woo jin and he's almost unrecognizable because he's now a more grown-up teenager version of her, the child actor that actually played um, a young Kim Soo-hun in It's Okay to Not Be Okay. So he was amazing in that drama as well, I think. He had some really powerful scenes um, uh, as the child actor. Um, and he's really, like, he's obviously kept his acting chops and really, like, really came out of the park on these last two episodes. And they're so hard-hitting, as we've mentioned. There's a lot of domestic violence. And it's not, like, off-screen domestic violence. It's proper, like, hard-hitting yeah. domestic violence. 
and I feel like sometimes in K-dramas, we do get, like, parental abuse. Um, and we get it in a way where, like, it starts and then it, like, fades. Or, like, it starts and then a new scene starts and we don't get as much. But yeah. in, like, these last two dramas you and I covered, we get a lot. Like, yeah. the parents don't stop. Like, mm. they they just keep going. Um, so I agree with you there. Um, and is the child i mean he's a teenage actor but wasn't he also the kid from secretary kim yeah you're right like, yeah he's yeah, yeah. A little baby he was, he was. yeah he's he's the little guy that like gets kidnapped by the crazy lady yes. that uh, he uh, tells uh, her he's yeah. a spider yeah the cable ties and he is almost yeah and he is almost recognizable and he yeah. was if you love your heroes to be like, just so, like, hurt inside. Like, they just yeah. have boo-boos, like, internal boo-boos. He has the biggest internal boo-boo as a teenager, and I just wanted to hug him and, like, yeah. give him some banana milk. Like, I was like, look, you need a mom. Like, you yeah. need someone to, like, love you. Um, And you find out later, like, he has a mom. Um, But it just, like, it was so heartbreaking. So I agree with you on those things. And then one other thing I just wanted to add is what's funny to me, and I didn't realize it till now, is that, like, when you said Mocha had been on the island for 15 years, like she's pretty solid for like not yeah. being around humans yeah. for 15 years. And this like part, nobody this ever my, addresses. This yeah. is part of my problem with this drama. It really <laughs> is. And it's really imbalanced because we get a lot of Kehoe's backstory and we get yes. a lot of his emotional journey and the hurt and the pain that he's gone through. And then the female lead who this drama is meant to be about we get not we don't at any point really address the fact that she was like going through some pretty well i mean obviously being on a stuck on a castaway island uh for 15 years is like pretty crazy and then you know everything she went through to survive uh which we're yeah. told about in various different back backs mm -hmm. like stories and flashbacks um but we're told kind of to move the plot point on or for her, uh, for us to understand as an audience where she's coming from, or for her to explain her motivations for doing a certain thing, but they're not to be addressed like emotionally, like none of yeah. it was uh, okay. Let's actually walk through this trauma of this of this child um, that has kind of had to grow up alone, and and it, and is presented very much in the drama as someone who's not fully grown. You know, she yes. is she's definitely a, like a child woman. Um, you know, in a similar way that I don't know if you've seen Thirty but Seventeen, which is uh, no. Shin, it's an early Shin Hae Sun. Uh, it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, not many people, not as many people, have seen it that should see it. But anyway, like her story, I'm just going slightly tangentially. But her story is that she gets put in a coma at seventeen and wakes up when she's thirty. And so when she wakes up, she's like a a woman child. But yes. they and that's a rom com. But they do a lot better job of kind of exploring what that has felt for her to have basically lost all of those years in her life yeah emotionally be kind of effectively 17 um, yeah and I feel like too when I say that the romance was only 30 percent of this drama it's not a, I'm not joking I don't think like, it's even 30 percent it's like the <laughs> you go in thinking you're getting a rom-com and it's like not really a rom-com yeah. and I almost feel like if they would have made um well, his name's Kehoe in the beginning, but they would have made his story like if he would have been the focal point and yeah. they would have said, This is about him losing a first love, and da da da, da yeah, yeah, I would have yeah. been like, Okay, makes sense. Yes. She's like a side character, yeah, and she's great, but that's not how it was sold. So, like, no. 
again, we how do we end up in these dramas? We're like the preview. It's like nothing like the drama. Nothing like it. No, nothing like. And again, like same thing with Good Bad Mother. Like Good Bad Mother, I think we covered the 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 opening credits of this cute pig running around. Right. And the opening credits for Castaway Diva are like this cute cartoony kind of stop motion kind of animation of her coming off of this island, and you're like, neither of these opening credits. <laughs> are about the drama at all like what yeah. are you doing uh, anyway but who do you think would enjoy this drama then Megan like all jokes aside but people that like the good bad mother would like this <laughs> <laughs> I did, I mean because you have murdery mystery parts you have yeah. violence you have parental abuse you have a little bit of romance you have um I mean kind of like missing memories i i mean kind of i'll just allude to that right here and then we can talk about in the spoiler section i mean all jokes aside i mean it's kind of the same idea like i mean we should have like beat for beat like we should have beat for beat on this because they probably would have matched up pretty similarly like um but there's like there's just a lot of plot going on while you wait for the romance and you, the romance isn't always a good enough payoff. Mm. And I'm saying this as someone who enjoyed it. Like I watched it for what it was and I enjoyed it. Um, but you also get a bunch of dark and heavy subject matter. So you just kind of have to be in a place where you're like, I enjoyed Vincenzo. It was also super dark. I liked Good Bad Mother, but it had some questionable things. I, I feel like that's kind of if you like those dramas, you'll also like this drama. And it would be one that you would watch because Harakun Bin is amazing or because, and I'll get to this later, there is a mature female character um, that has some really great growth and it's, mm-hmm. it's fun to watch. So those, that would be a fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think for me, there's a really good squad. I think the family of the boys especially are amazing with possibly one of the best K-drama dads ever. Um, <laughs> loved him. I think this, I think I've, I, as I've already said, this writer is really excellent at the backstories of her male leads. Um, and in Kehoe, we have one of the most green flag heroes ever written. Um, he just, I mean, he's just so good, isn't he? He really, like, he's just so caring and thoughtful and despite everything he's going through himself, like he puts it all out there for her. Um, and if you guys saw Startup and you fell in love with Good Boy the way that I did, I'm team good boy, then you know what I you know what I mean. Um, I also think it was fun to see Puck and Bin uh, perform and sing. Um, and she came in some some criticism for her performance, which we're gonna cover later in the spoiler section. Um, but overall, I think it's a fun drama, despite, you know, all the heavy stuff we've been talking about. Um, and I also think the show did quite well with her friendship with uh, Ranju, who's um, her own idol when she was growing up as a teenage mm-hmm. Waka in the, in the first two episodes. Um, and I think the show had some things to say about the K-pop industry. Um, for me, not in a particularly comprehensive or in-depth way, but it did have some things to say. Um, but overall, I think the drama is, I think you're probably tell from Megan and I kind of stepping around the drama is kind of hard to talk about without spoilers because of the way they set up this mystery and we don't want to spoil it for you guys because you know like uh, Megan and I watched it dropping live so we definitely had this whole kind of um, mystery in the middle of like oh who's who and you know is that a, is that like uh, you know did they set us up there is that a trap Do, are we made to feel like this is happening but it's not um, which I you know we would want you to to go through so anyway I hopefully 
uh, for those of you not seen it and are considering whether or not to start the show, that's given you enough of a background uh, on whether or not you think it might be up your alley. Yeah, so. and I would like, and I would say, if you are a K-pop fan or you like idols and you like that whole idol world, this is a really interesting take. I don't know that it's hundred percent accurate, um, but that's a fun take. If you do like some, I mean, I'll say it's faded mates. It's very faded mates. That is really fun. Um, Sarah, you're totally right. Like one of the best dads in K-drama. I haven't met a dad this good since um, uh, Choi Tech's dad in reply. Like, 88 like I like he's the my best k-drama dad so this k-drama dad is like a very close second um so yeah it is fun like don't get me wrong like it's a fun drama you just have to be ready for all of the things that are happening in the drama at the yes. same time yeah yeah right so uh with that note we're going to close off this non-spoiler section but before that we have k-pop wreck of the week and megan it's you <laughs> Uh, yeah, so as you may know or may not know, um, BTS has fully enlisted in the military. So your Army Nunas are coping with this by streaming old albums. Um, you can check that out at Project Bulletproof on TikTok. It's also Project Bulletproof spelled differently on Instagram. We'll go ahead and link that in the show notes. And there are weekly goals between now and their return in 2025 to start streaming their music from the very beginning. So if you're looking for an enlistment project, a streaming project, if you want to get to know BTS, but it's just been so overwhelming up to this point, this is a great way to kind of jump in and start listening to their music again from the very beginning and kind of like learn all the meanings and why people, you know, hold this this song in high regard or this one over here. So it's really fun. Um, and Project Bulletproof has like done the best work. Like they're just doing all the hard work for us. Um, but in addition to the streaming project, I have been listening to some new K-pop groups. Um, and so what, as I was ringing in 2024, I have been listening to Seventeen's God of Music and it is the happiest song. Um, yeah. It is so upbeat, it's so happy. There are 13 of them. Um, so you kind of have to watch a few videos to kind of get the idea of like who's singing what part and who's doing what. All adorable, all like cute in their own way. Um, but the real message of the song that I love is that music, it ha does not have a la language barrier. Everybody is welcome when it comes to music, which I absolutely love. It's a total bop and I think you will love it too. So check it out. It's 17's God of Music. Find it wherever you stream music. Yay. Right. So um, did 17 originally have 17 people in it and they lost four or? I don't know. All right. Um, I'm not a carrot um, and I don't know a lot of their history. So I'm learning. Um, so if any listener out there is a carrot or a fan of 17, go ahead and send me a DM over at the Afternoon Army Instagram account. Because um, I'm just, their music is happy. Like they make just, like they have some, you know, real thirst trappy songs, which are great. But this one just really caught me at a time where like, I just wanted to bop along to this song. It is so much fun. So I can't get enough of it. Yay. Great. Okay. So we're going to go into this spoiler section now so again um stop here if you intend to check out the drama and don't want to get spoiled or if you've already listened if you've already watched this drama or you're someone who doesn't really care about spoilers then obviously feel free to listen to this back half of this drama so megan you want to cover <laughs> a point you're putting caps in the script <laughs> yes so i just thought we should talk for a minute 
or five about the major plot point of this drama was not love or romance. It was domestic violence and family laws in Korea. And so, Sarah, like, just give me your opinion on this, like, major bait and switch, because these were really heavy subject matter that, again, if you watch the happy intro of the animation coming off the island, you were not prepared for this in any way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's one of those dramas I you would never wreck it to a first time K drama viewer, right? Because they'll just be like, What what am I watching? And why is it not what I thought it would be? I mean, in, in some ways I think those of us who are seasoned K dramas, I uh, watchers, I think when you went went into those first two episodes, you're just like, Oh, okay, it's one of these. It's like so much more heavy than I had you know anticipated. Um and like I've already alluded to, I really came thinking this would be about her being on this island and uh what that experience was like and the trauma that came out of it but actually it felt like she was on the island for about 10 seconds because we had two episodes of like this backstory um and then the super traumatic thing of her going on the island and then you know it feels like there's barely any time before she's off of it again and the only time we ever see the island again again like i said is in 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 backstory so yeah it's just i think it will be interesting, one of those dramas that people come into knowing more about versus, you know, me and you, Megan, that, that watched it kind of dropping. Uh, I think you're, uh, you know, that change in expectations might be, might might not be so problematic for, for you. But I do know that other people did kind of really enjoy those stories. So they weren't, oh, they weren't caught out by having the expectations and not having that met. Um but yeah, I think I think for me, this drama suffered from having to try to squeeze in too many things, which I'm going to kind of cover again uh, a bit later. Yeah, I just think that, again, like with Good Bad Mother that we watched the time before, what this drama, what Castaway drama did well, they did very well. And then there were other things I kind of dropped the ball on. I thought, in my personal opinion, the mystery the kind of like underlying mystery of like who's who is this the same boy she knew on the island is this the same person is it not is the brother the person like all of that mystery was really well done the backstory of him and his family was really well done to the point that it made total sense to me like once it was revealed I was like oh okay this makes sense this is how they did this this is how this all worked out this is why he was trying to save money for so long and run away because he had a place to go. Mm. It wasn't like he was just running, you know, cause in the first two episodes, he, um, Kiho is like, he is earning money behind his father's back and saving it, like hiding it wherever he can. And you're under the impression they just wants to run away from his abusive father. And you're thinking, man, this kid has some gumption because like, where is he going to go mm. when he gets, you know, to Seoul? Like, he's like, I got to get to Seoul. I got to get to Seoul. And but what you find out later down the line in a few episodes is that his mother is there with his brother. And so he's actually not running away to nothing like his father keeps telling people he's running away to like safety. Mm. And so that whole thing was done like that whole storytelling was done so well that like if they would have sold the drama to me that way, I don't think I'd have any quibbles about it because I'd be like, yeah, it was that was great. Like they did a really good job with that. But it's all under 
this umbrella of this woman, this young lady is trying to become an idol. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And so yeah. it's like, we have like layers and like I watched um, Little Women. Yeah. I get layers. Like I understand layers. You can layer, 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 layer on for me. No problem. But Little Women was sold to me as like a layer drama with some big things happening right away. And yeah. so th- I think that's where the like, I almost feel like it's a miscommunication because you walk into it thinking, oh, it's this. And it's really not a love story. And I would almost say it's really not about the growth of an idol. No, it's not that's about in there. Yeah, it's but not about it's her not at the all. main. Yeah, no. it's like she's not the main person. She so, isn't the main so person. It's, confu- yeah. it's confusing. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, that's definitely one of my bugbears about it that it wasn't that I came for a heroine centered drama and I didn't have one. I had um yeah, we got we got a mishmash of a load of other stuff anyway. But one of those things that um that we did get was a love triangle. Uh, and I think obviously this writer loves a love triangle because Startup was also a love triangle. How did you, how do you, do you like love triangles in general, Megan? And how did you find the one in this one? Um, I love a good, I love a good love triangle. Um, and like I said, the startup just holds a really special place in my heart. Um, and that was because of Namju Hook. That was like the first thing I ever saw him in. And I just fell in love with him, thought he was like just the cutest thing ever. Um, and I really love the push and pull of that drama. Um, and I mean, spoiler, I know your team, good boy, but like, you know, don't me to itself for like, what, a year to a year or two and like didn't make a move. So like, whatever, love triangle, put to bed. But, um, and when a love triangle has almost like there's a, not a resolution, but like a, almost a sigh of relief. Like you have these two men pining over this woman and you know one's like the lead in the lead and the other one's maybe not in the lead and the second male lead kind of has us like uh it didn't work out for me but almost at the end like hopeful you know like he's like okay well it didn't work out for me but I'll find love somewhere else like my first love got away whatever and this love triangle just made me sad because the brother in, sorry really... the, the the one for castaway diva sorry yes i'm yeah. sorry the one in castaway the the love triangle in castaway diva just made me kind of sad because that's his brother see he cannot get away from i mean first of all he really did believe that he was her first love because yes. he spoiler, thought he was kehoe spoiler he thought he was <laughs> kehoe spoiler he had amnesia which was like such an under like nobody talked about the amnesia plot until like halfway through and they're like yeah he doesn't remember anything and I was like wait what what do you mean he doesn't okay so we have an amnesia plot and so he goes for like what three or four episodes where he really does believe that he's Kehoe he's the main and that's his destiny and he needs to be with her while his brother is just watching him like well if I spill the beans game over for everybody in the family but I'm hurting too because I'm the guy. I'm Kehoe. I yeah, love yeah, yeah. her. I charted boats to go clean up islands hoping I would find her, right? Because that's what he did for years, Um, which is such an underrated part of his character. Like, can I yeah. just say that, like, when that reveal of him, like, one of his friends says, yeah, like, why don't we go and clean up islands anymore? And he realizes because he found her. Like, yes. he'd been doing this for years. He'd been, like, hiring a boat to go out to these remote islands off the coast of Korea to cl- to do beach cleanup in quotes but really he was just looking for her 
Yeah. And then when he finds her, they don't do them anymore. And you're like, oh, because that's his first love. So this love triangle was great and it had a lot of push and pull. But in the end, it's kind of sad because the brother will have to watch his first love be with his brother. Like, you know, with uh, Bogle. Is that Bogle? Bogle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Kehoe, but it's <laughs> his like new name was Bogle. So yeah. yeah, like I loved it, but then it just made me sad because there were a couple times at the end where he just realizes like I'm not the guy. She loves my brother. I'm not I'm not Kehoe. I never was Kehoe. Like she I don't ever hold a pl- special place in her heart. She likes me and we're friends and we're almost family, but I'm not the guy. And that just he was such a cute character he was a good character he's very good-hearted and so that part just made me sad not to say good boy wasn't a good guy um but he like missed his chance i feel like so i don't have any sympathy for him (laughs) hot take hot take (laughs) so um i'm not a massive fan of love triangles i'm also not a massive fan of startup i'm one of the people that didn't really like the drama um but i think some of the issues i had with it are kind of similar to the ones i've got with castaway diva um so because I'm not a big fan of love triangles, um, I actually have, so the ones I really love are ones that are genuine love triangles where like it really could go either way. So I think Reply 1988 is probably my top example of this. Like it really could have gone either way. Um, I think firstly, this drama suffered, I think, from the weight of the stuff they're trying to put in the 12 episode show. Right. And so a love triangle was like, I just felt like it was just too much to be jamming in. And I felt like they prioritized this mystery of who is Kiho and who is which one of the two brothers is Kiho um and prioritize that over and above the characterization the arc and their romance I think um so that was like problematic for me because I think it I think it was more of a, more important for them to maintain the mystery than it was to develop the story and you've only got 12 episodes anyway um I also found it weird that in some ways she had the most meaningful chats with Wuhak than she did with Kiho like when she was going through different various points in her idol journey or her journey you know with um kind of finding like who Kiho was and like being sad and all this and she would often end up having a meal with with Wuhak and having these discussions with him um and I just found it like I just found it annoying in a way because then there were also like obviously we kind of knew really didn't we from the get-go that Kiho was going to be her one true love and that was kind of where if the story ended in a you know happy ending for them, that they were going to be the main the main couple. So again, I felt like the the, the drama was prioritizing this mystery and the love triangle like thing more than their stories. So then we didn't get the corresponding scenes. Um, I felt so much with Kiho and Mohak Moka together. I felt like they were so. I mean. They, they had some really lovely scenes and I felt that they were like really good platonic friends, I think for me. Like I kind of, I think I kind of get why he liked her, but I also found that, you know, because she was played as such an ingenue and like so naive, I really felt like, and, and Wuhak was quite uh, quite cynical. um And I really felt like he just kind of found her a little bit annoying and exasperating in a little sister kind of way at the beginning. um So when I was kind of, when we're kind of like partway through the drama kind of tried to make believe that he had really had 
like developed and found that he had feelings for for her. It just didn't feel authentic for me. So that's kind of I struggled with this part of the drama for that reason. Yeah, and now that we're talking about it, I feel like too they didn't give enough time for Kiho to um be the kind of person who could trust and allow himself to fall in love because mm. he had lived such a guarded life like I feel like everything he did was so guarded even when they met when they were kids like he was so mean to her like yes he yes. asked to use his phone and like because she has to call in the radio station she like won a contest to meet her the idol like um Ranju and he's like pay me money for it and she's like fine just let me use your phone battery or whatever and then he like takes her phone away and like hangs up the call and he just like cold and for good reason I mean Mm -hmm. he's living this horrible like existence with his dad who is very abusive um and he can't seem to get away with them or get away from him and I just feel like because we had so much other things packed in the drama we didn't really get the time to see him soften that like exterior that hard shell that he had for so long and allow her silliness to really like because like get into his veins because mm. we know he was in love with her he that's his first love he's been looking for her on islands you know moonlighting his beach cleanup he still knew what size shoe she was because he went and bought her a pair of shoes he had this whole apartment set up for her i mean he, he loves her he just thinks the world of her but it's almost guarded because I feel like he still wasn't able to like let that guard down a hundred percent and with a little bit more time and a little less murder and blood we might have got that like progression of like here's my little shell melting and instead it was like now we're gonna stab you in the neck like okay fine I guess (laughs) you know sure yeah (laughs) um so what was one thing that you enjoyed about the drama and one thing you didn't um well I'll start with what I didn't like um and so I did not enjoy the abusive dad who was also a murderer um Kehoe and Wuhak's biological father is just a horrible man with no redeeming qualities he also happens to be a police officer which I don't know if that is a like hot take on like kind of like the social aspect in Korea. I don't really know because I don't live there and I don't know enough about the culture. But to me, in Western media, when we do stuff like that, it's like a hot take. Like yeah. we're just trying to shed a little bit of light. Um, and I didn't enjoy that at all. And I felt like he really got a free pass um, yeah. in his end. I feel like that I would have rather seen him come to justice, but that's just me. Um, and he was just a horrible person. And what's sad is, is that like people online were talking um, their mother and the father were yes. in um, Descendants of the Sun. Descendants of the Sun, and they were so good in they that. They were so cute. Yeah, so and they, they were adorable. Yeah, they were. And here they were they like are. the they were like the Sun Bays. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Like some some Hakeo's so, characters, Sun Bays. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was like, oh, what a bummer. But I mean, it, what's really hard is he's in something else right now. I can't remember what it is, and I can't watch it because all I see is like murder now when I see him so it's gonna take me a couple dramas to like get past that <laughs> he, and like that he happens was good. to me a lot he was so good though he, he was because really I've never chilling. seen him chilling I've never yes. seen him in such a straightforward villain role um I've seen him in quite a few dramas he's obviously quite a popular side actor but um yeah he was oh 
he was good have in you this. have you ever seen inglorious bastards no. um okay so it's a quentin tarantino movie and christoph waltz plays the like one of the main characters and when yeah. he won the oscar that year i was just i hadn't seen the movie yet and i was like I don't understand. Like, I don't get it. I'm sure he was good. But like this person, I think it was like Leo or somebody like, I just felt like he deserved it better. And then I watched it and that man had my skin crawling within like the first three minutes of his scene. And I was like, he deserves it. He deserves it. And that's how I felt about this actor playing this part of the horrible dad, because there were parts where I just got the chills. Like he was just so chilling in the way he lived his life and like the way he talked to people. Ooh, he was just like, and, um, and also, can I just give props to the drama for one of the most imaginative killings? You know, like oh. hornets in a car. Yeah. For well, real. I, to be fair, it wasn't actually, end, it didn't end in death, but it was like, it's just because obviously they didn't show it. So you right. just saw like the steps before and then you saw kind of aftermath of something else happening. And then you as an audience are led to put the two and two together and you're like, no, he didn't. And you're just yeah. like, oh my and God. You're, but you're like, yeah, he did yeah he like he actually did it and it was and you're like he how would you know like that's so diabolical that you would just, so, yeah exactly yeah yeah, it, yeah that was a lot and then the other thing that I didn't really enjoy um was Mr. Producer Guy um Lee Sojun that's his name on the show hmm. um because I just feel like he really took advantage of uh Ron Jun yeah. and I just I don't know that the writers ever fleshed out enough. Like, again, it was only 12 episodes. So you really couldn't do it. But, like, how deep that cut. He took advantage of her in multiple ways. And at one point, there is, like, this assumption that they had a physical relationship with each yes, other. Yes, yes. And that part, for me, was, like, 0 out of 10. Mm. No. Because not only did you... The premise is, and again, like this, this show was kind of all over the place, but there is an underlying idol plot. And the pl- idol plot is, is that Ranjun is like the top, like female idol. Yeah. And at the time, this is like in the nineties when Mocha is like a, t- a middle schooler and she is just churning out hits and everybody wants her on their show and like, you know, deal after deal after deal. And he says don't re-sign with your group like don't sign with your producer let's start our own company and you can pay me like this and we can do this and basically what he talks her into is that if she doesn't sell like a million albums by the time she hits whatever age he takes over everything and in her mind she's like oh yeah I can do that I'm the best-selling idol right now like I'll do that in five years but what he does is, is he stalls her career year after year until when this drama opens, she's at like a regional festival, like fish festival yeah. or flower festival. <laughs> and she's like drunk and falling all over herself and slurring her words and she can't sing anymore. And it's just really sad. And so that was enough for me to go, oh, I don't like this guy. He's super skeevy. Mm. But then in like the middle of the drama, there's this assumption that they had a physical relationship. And that for me was like, okay, no, thank you because that's gross. And you treat her so terribly now. And that's the part that I just mm -mm, did Mm. not like at all. Um, But beside what I did like besides the faded mate story was Yoon Ranju um, because I love an older quote unquote older. She's younger than me, but a mature hero 
um, any day of the week in a K-drama. I think it's really interesting how they, uh, in K-drama writers, when I say they, I mean K-drama writers, write older women um, in society Mm. in Korea and how women are aging out of things like idol, you know, whether they're actors or they're idols or whatever field they're in. I just always find that that's a really interesting take. Um, Now, did she make some horrible decisions? Sure. Um, But she had a pretty steady arc. Um, And as we found, she found herself and she found her music again. And I just feel like she was a hot mess and she cleaned up a little bit, but she's still kind of hot mess at the end. And I really enjoyed that. So I really enjoyed her character. I enjoyed her arc. I enjoyed her backstory. Um, And I just thought it was really fun to see that age and kind of like having to like reestablish yourself and redefine yourself. And I think that's important for like all women to see at some time in their life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I love that I wrote this question and said one thing and then um, I've lifted like a a gazillion things. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm going to totally break my rule of my question. Um, So I've covered, I think, what I liked about this drama, which is the backstory and Kiho specifically. But I think my many, many problems with this drama. Um, So I think I've already talked about the fact that they tried to just put too much in the drama. And I actually thought I'd start writing out a list of all the kind of like story arcs that they tried to cover it. And, um, and obviously, ultimately, it's just not what it says on the tin. This is not about Mocha at all, really, um, or the fact that she was cast away on an island. Those two things are kind of circumstantial, not very central to this drama. But um, in a nutshell, this drama is trying to cover this idol track. So as Megan has already eloquently kind of run through, like it's trying to make these points about um, kind of idols and their careers um and about obviously mocha's dream to be an idol uh, and ranju's kind of broken dreams of having been an idol and then we've got ranju and herself and her revenge on the music producer and trying to get to these albums um and then her own backstory with her mum then we have the relationship with ranju and mocha themselves which kind of changes as it goes um and then we've got the you know the uh domestic violence uh, uh family that are hiding uh and then we've got Mocha and Kiho's romance and then we've got Mocha and Wuhak's relationship and then we've got her actually being a castaway but like i said that's like just a secondary thing um and then there's this domestic violence past for them both that they're grappling with but again i think we're like we got Kiho's one with that and not so much Mocha's one um and it's just a lot and i just don't think the drama succeeds in jamming so many storylines into one drama so for me it became really uneven so that you're not getting any of these arcs to any real satisfaction do you know what i mean so like i feel like the idol track is i mean personally i found the idol track really dull um but if you're invested in it again it's kind of like you know she kind of gives up that whole like wanting to be part of the company part way through and again, we're like, you know what that's about. Then we've got this half-assed backstory with her mum, who once was a singer, wants to be a singer, had dreams of herself. And again, that's like half-assed. But then she's the one who kind of hid the contract. Oh, uh, it's just this is just a lot there. Like every one of these like tracks and themes don't kind of get fully fleshed out. And I really think that they could have stripped away some of those things and been a lot less ambitious about what it was trying to say especially when you're only going to 12 episodes like it needs to be a lot tighter um so 
I kind of disagree with you a little bit as well about Ranju. So like I actually really liked her relationship with Mocha at the start. I think there's a really lovely scene when they're in that, you know, rooftop apartment together and they're kind of like singing songs with each other and dancing. And I thought also so nice to see a female friendship that is slightly kind of, you know, generational um, and uh, and for it to be so warming. Uh, and lovely uh, and how she was supporting her idol and the person that she really venerated um, and I thought that's kind of like where the heart of some of that drama was but then I think Ranju started became like a little bit like weird with some of her behavior and she was kind of like you know she they had this conflict in the middle which I still don't really understand what it was about but they kind of manufactured it to happen and so it kind of spoiled that kind of warm-hearted feel of their relationship at the start and some of what I thought was actually the heart of the the show we've covered already i think that the romance was a bit of a damp squid like for me um but criminal underuse of Chae jong Ho, like just i mean this man is i mean we so i don't know if you've listened but afternoon asks have done a we did a monster year-end review in three parts and um one of them we had erin on as a as a guest and she has um seen quite a lot of his dramas so i remember talking to her as we were watching castaway diva she was like you've got to check out like if you like this guy you've got to go and check him out in other dramas um and this is my first drama of his so i went straight out of castaway diva wanting more kihon um into love or play which is uh, a sports kind of rom-com kind of like coming of age youth drama it's so good i really really enjoy it it's uh but it's quite hard to find um but he plays like yet another super green flag uh character that just does everything for his girlfriend but is kind of like snarky with it like he's not green flag like really like warm and wholesome he's kind of green flag with emotional boo-boos which is just such kryptonite right it's just so good so i feel like this drama gave us this character in kiho like one of one of my favorite characters from 2023 probably and but they just criminally underused him and criminally underused this 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 particular actor as well because they were jamming so much other stuff into this drama um, yeah, and it's it's kind of sad because after i mean i will go back and check his backlist because i really do enjoy him i only think i've ever seen him in is nevertheless like this yes. nevertheless was like three almost three years ago and then now this and so like i he was a green flag in that too um and he was great he was like the perfect guy he could they, they called him potato boy because and like it's not really a spoiler he owns like opened his own restaurant i think is how it goes and so he cooks and he is on the bus and he runs into nobby who is the female lead and they knew each other in like middle school and they're like oh my gosh, how have you been? I'm great. How are you? Blah, blah, blah. What are you up to? Like all this stuff. And then he goes to get up. And because he's so flustered by her, when he stands up, all the potatoes in his bag just tumble like all right. over the bus. And so then they're like picking him up. And so he's trying to carry them all. Like I'm moving my arms all over the place, trying to carry them all different ways. Like has them in his pockets, like trying to shove them in his shirt. And it's like the cutest thing. And so, yeah, he was very, he's a very green flag. And again, I wish this drama was about him. If this drama would have just been centered around him, it would have been a great drama. It would have been a great family back and forth. I had a rough start at life and now I'm, you know, having an arc drama. It would have been great. And you're right. All of those things you listed, none of them had closure. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Not a single thing in this drama, except for the, the murderous dad. Yes. The only thing that has closure and the good dad, like dad of the year 
Mm-hmm. Um, their adopted father, who, which we didn't even talk about, which I think is such a, and again, I don't know anything about living in Korea. Don't know their laws. Like, I'm just going from what I saw. But he's like breaking the law here. Yes. The mom goes and says, I want to change my name so that my husband can never find me. And he's like, oh, are you a widow? And she's like, no, but I just don't want this name. I want to change it for me and my sons. And she's basically told, no, it's against you the law. You can't do that. You yeah. cannot change your name unless you're divorced. And even then it's like a process. And unless your you know, husband's dead. And so she's like, great and he notices that she's limping and she's very feeble not feeble but like meek like she's just very passive and so he runs after her and he's like I don't know what's going on but let me help you like immediately he just knows that she needs help and they have a marriage of convenience he finds records of people that have gone missing and he basically says, okay, this is what we're going to do. You and I are going to get married. We're going to take on these names. We're going to name the kid. The kids are going to take these names and we're going to get all of our information and we're going to go and do other things. He's a government worker. And she, I don't even think she had a job at the time no. because her husband was such a cad and they just figure out how to cut hair. Yeah. And I needed more of like the that beginning years exactly, of them cutting yeah, hair yeah. because like that was probably a disaster. <laughs> like, well, also just, oh. They you know what I mean? Such, oh, but also the whole just the whole beginning years of their romance. Like they were yes. such a they were such a cute couple. And um, they really did the but the great thing is is it was a marriage of convenience, which we've seen marriage contracts, marriage of convenience. It's like a big trope in K drama. But when this you don't find this story out until halfway through the drama, in the beginning, for what you just think, these are two people really in love. They tell yeah. each other where they're going all the time. They tell each other good morning. They do favors for each other. They don't fight. They, they don't really argue. He's like, let me walk your mother to the start. You don't realize it's because she's afraid her ex-husband's going to show up one day. You just think, oh, my God, he just really loves her. Like, that well, is so I, cute. Well, and I, then, thought, I thought they'd fallen in love earlier than that, though. I thought that's what more... I, yeah. There's a scene... I rewatched the last episode last night before we were recording because that's something I like to do just to kind of get like a feel for like, did I really like this how it ended? Did I really <laughs> did I really remember this the right way? And there's a scene where they are taking their wedding photos, um, like after they have gotten married and they're taking mm. wedding photos out of like a photo studio. Yeah. And he says something to her like, you may not love me now but maybe you will one day, but you'll always be safe. Yeah. And she's like, thank you. Yeah. And so I don't know that they. Also, he loved, he it. definitely loved her. Like yeah. he fell for her, but yeah. yeah. I think it was love at first sight for him. I think I he think saw so, her yeah. Yeah. and was just knew she was someone that needed to be in his yeah. life. But like his whole story was the cutest thing. The cutest and then thing. the boy, and the fact that, I mean, obviously Kehoe knew, but, um, the other brother had no idea that wasn't his real father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, just would have never guessed that that no. wasn't his because of the way that the family lived. So, yeah, I mean, that part would that was the only closure we got was we got one father's story and the other father's story, and then how they're going to move forward in life. Mm. And then everything else was like, maybe you'll be an idol. Yeah. Maybe you'll fall in love and get married one day. Maybe you'll be great at your job. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe Ranjun will be a producer. We yeah. don't 
We don't really know, guys. No, we don't. We don't really know. <laughs> I also wanted to cover here. So, so um, Park and Bin came in for some criticism uh, for her performance. So, I think some people, um, <laughs> some people commented uh, that it was like extraordinary. Attorney Wu had taken up acting uh, and come into this, come into Castaway Diva to play Mocha. Um, and also some people found her rural accent, her satori, um, a little bit too over the top and not very authentic. Um, so how did you find her performance? First of all, I was shocked. I didn't know she could sing. Did yes. not know at all. I actually saw a clip on TikTok and was like, in the comments, it said, can you believe that she is singing this? And I was like, no, I had no idea. I mean... Most K-drama actors are multi-talented. Yeah. Like you just, it's just run of the mill. Like you're going to, they're going to be able to sing. Even if they don't sing the best, they still yeah. can sing. Yeah. Um. So I was really impressed at her singing. Um. I think her acting of this part was a choice because again, you forget because she gets off the island within like 15 minutes <laughs> of like her getting on the island. And then like at the end, she's being rescued, right? Like in episode one, Halfway through, she ends up on the island. And then by the end of that episode, she's discovered, I guess, yes, basically yeah. is how to put it. Yeah. Um. So I think, like, we forget in episodes, like, three and four when she's not – I wouldn't say acting out. She's coming into her own. She's like, I want to do this. Why can't I do – like, there's a point where they're like, you can't go to this regional festival and, like, crash your idol's performance. And she's like, why not? I can do whatever I want. She's essentially still 13 or 14 years old. Like she doesn't have, she hasn't matured emotionally enough alone on the island to understand that like there's a social contract now that like adults don't act like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think in the beginning, her acting really was trying to reflect what it would be like if an adult was emotionally stunted from being passed away, passed away on the island. And then ended up back in Korea in modern times where there are things like iPhones and blue, you know, there's that one part about the Bluetooth comes on the car and she's like, who's talking? She like can't believe that the car is talking to her. So I yeah. just think like maybe there's criticism, but I didn't look too much into that because um, she was playing someone who hadn't really matured all the way. Mm. And then as far as her accent goes, um, I, I don't know because I don't know all the dialect. So to me, that part didn't bother me because I, I'm sure there were people that have the dialect from where she was supposed to be from that have deep criticism. For me, it didn't bother me. But I can see where people might have thought she was like playing it up for laughs. Mm. Like she was trying to make it a little bit more comical than it needed to be. And there mm. were some real slapstick mo moments with her. Mm. And like, Almost like, look at me. I was on a deserted island. I don't know how the world works. And you're like, okay, but like everyone would know how that works. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's I, a, do, yeah. I think maybe there was some parts where she played it a little bit more for laughs. And I can see where someone who actually is from that area going, okay, but like, that's not cool. Like yeah. the overuse. And I think anyone with any type of cultural background, like whether you're Mexican, Latinx, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, anyone who's leaning a little bit hard into an accent that's like kind of over the top would have that criticism do you know what i mean if it's yeah. being played for laughs or played for a part so i can understand or, or i think specifically criticism. for this more like country bumpkin kind of like yes. oh 
she's got this accent because we're trying to tell you that she's a little bit simple and you know and it's a bit it's a bit lazy i mean i i kind of i think i understood where this criticism came from i don't think it's her best role um i think it's obviously a directorial slash acting decision to do this i found her mannerisms i got where people made the extraordinary tani woo comparisons because i think some of her physical mannerisms were a little bit deliberately jerky and like blocky mm -hmm. um which was quite like similar to the way that she played um attorney woo um so i did find it a little bit jarring um i also similarly as you i got really really wowed by her singing especially her first track you know at the rural festival we were talking about when she's miming um behind a screen i was really like my god is that her singing but i think that's her best track and then some of the other tracks that she sang i think it exposed a little bit like her voice is not actually that of an idol and mm -hmm. so because I wasn't enjoying the dramas very much by this point <laughs> I did it kept taking me out of it more because I'd sit there going like but really you know like she doesn't actually sound that great so people wouldn't really be going mad, so mad for her voice the way that this drama is trying to sell us so I felt like I couldn't really kind of like another reason why I couldn't get in, into this idol track because I kept getting taken out of it by thinking like yeah but not really right um yeah and I agree with that. And I think that I think that she has been so impressive in other roles. Um, as far as like her dramatic acting goes. Mm. And then she was I loved her in Attorney Woo. I just loved Attorney Woo so much. Um, and I think that coming off of Attorney Woo. And then going into a part like this, there were a lot of similarities that you could see. I think if there was like maybe something smack dab in the middle, you know, even like a movie or like another role, maybe the comparison wouldn't have been so close because there were, you're right. There were a couple, like she had this walk. Yes. When you were talking, that's what it reminded me of. She had this walk. She was a very aggressive walker. So wherever she was walking to, it's like her whole body went into this walk like her arms her head her legs like everything was just like it's like she almost you know what if I think about it hard enough maybe the producers were like you need to pretend like you're still walking in sand because you don't have your like regular city legs yet and so that's why it looked like she was marching oh, everywhere she interesting went interesting point yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I mean but like yeah. they don't tell us that but like maybe because when you look if you think about her walk it did look like she was just like marching wherever she went like it was so yeah. aggressive so yeah i don't know maybe um yeah she just i don't know and and like i don't know that she was ever going to be an idol to be honest i just don't know that she fit the bill of idol i think they're going to try and did a good shtick right everyone loves the story everyone loves like the underdog i was on a deserted island for 15 years and now i'm gonna go and sing and live my dream yeah a couple albums probably i could yeah. see a couple albums a couple singles um a brand deal yeah and i then... also found like so this is this will be interesting you know from your army perspective your k-pop kind of perspective but like i found the styling of her really odd you know when they yeah. actually did get her into like mega stardom like i found it really cheesy and really glitzy and sparkly and not at all like like korean is so trendy and so stylish and so like on the point in terms of like the latest trends and fashions mm -hmm. and she just looked like she'd been styled as you know i don't know like a like a beauty pageant queen yes from the well, 90s her, yeah her counterpart is mo 
Mo Ray, who we didn't yeah. even talk about. Mo Ray is an mm-hmm. idol. She um, is basically Mocha's competition, but like not really. They're just two totally different people. But of yeah. course, the company's pitting them against each other. Think like Christina and Britney in the 90s, like, or like not even well, Christina and Britney, Jessica Simpson and Britney. Like, well, it's because she had, well, the, 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 the conceit is that Mocha should have had her career. Right. Had she, had she not ended up on an had island. Had she not ended so up on actually, an island. Actually, she kind of stole her destiny. Right. Which yeah. is, okay, fine. But what I will say is that Mo Ray is styled like the idols you see now. She's yes. wearing like black and like little tiny tops and strappy things and earrings and the big, you know, makeup and the eyeliner and the whole thing. She looks great. Like she looks like an idol. I love it. But I wonder if the idea was that they were going to dress Mo- Mocha like a country bumpkin. Well, she did, she did, yeah, she did have, have this hippie look. But yeah, it's just, she had it's, a very yeah. But it's specifically like, for the shows. They just went like OTT beauty pageant, like for yeah. me. Yeah, like she had on these like really puffy sleeves. She always had like big sleeves. She always had massive big earrings. Hair. Yeah, like the really like crystalline, like frosty yeah. makeup. Yeah. Um, and so maybe it was just a choice. Like she was on an island, and and they really, and again. You're right, but like they really leaned hard into she was lost at sea. So like all the backgrounds are like of the beach or yes, underwater. Yes, and I'm so like true. waiting, I'm waiting for at some point from Mocha to be like, listen, I got off the island, guys. Okay, can we just like <laughs> move on? Time out. Like I just need something else. Like, so it is. I mean, do I guess I'm just the person that will watch a problematic drama from like beginning to end and just be like, Yeah, it was great. Don't ask me my opinion, okay? Like <laughs> No, a lot of people enjoyed this drama like you did. Um, so how about the ending? Were you happy with where it where it ended up? You know, I, I was. Um and I mean it does it have a happy ending? Yeah, it's an allusion to a happy ending. Um I think that the one thing for me that really stuck out is that it begins at this regional festival mm. with Ranjun. And it ends at this kind of regional festival with Mocha. She's performing at the festival, Mm. almost at the very end of the drama. And when I went back last night and watched that, I thought, okay, that is like a full circle moment. And that would have been really great if this was a story about Mocha becoming an idol, (laughs) which it was not. Which it wasn't, no. (laughs) So do we get a happy ending? Kind of. It alludes to... Um, Mr. Producer Man is like not going to be such an ass anymore and he kind of knows what he's talking about so we're going to give him a little bit more respect Ranjun kind of has her life back together so she's going to produce some like she's pretty good at producing music so Mm. maybe that's where she's headed Um, the brothers still live at home like Mocha is in an apartment but the brothers still live at home I don't I guess I don't I don't have any answers to that they do get their jobs back which is great um, the parents are great. The parents are back in business. That's great. Um, they're all having a family dinner together with Mocha. That's great. Cause like the allude, like it alludes to happy ending for the two leads in a rom-com that wasn't a rom-com. So yeah. with that, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Are there things to nitpick? Yes. Yes. Sarah, <laughs> when are we going to watch a perfect drama? <laughs> Do you want to go you, watch? Yeah. You know what? Go watch Novelaria. Okay. Perfect drama. I promise. I, I know back. you can't trust my opinion on anything, <laughs> but like, I promise you, you're going to love it. 
that's not true. I do trust your opinion. I mean, I like, I, but like I said, I think I like that we cover this full spectrum for this drama. I think it was a divisive one. I think for me, I think I've already covered this, but I wanted more from the romance. I always want from more from the romance, but I felt like the penultimate episode was more romantic. Like the mm -hmm. kiss, the kiss they shared at the, the rooftop was really nice. And it made me feel like, oh, we're going to finally get some romance payback. Um, but that turned out to be the highest point that romance got to, right? Because they didn't even kiss. They did not even kiss in the final episode. They didn't. They just sat side by side and they smiled at each other. And that's where we left that track. It was like, I was just like, what What are you? Like, give me some payback. God damn it. Well, um, Sarah, you can't yeah. have kissing. You can't have romantic kissing when your dad gets stabbed in the neck. When True. your new okay, dad, right. dad gets stabbed in the neck in the street. And then your old dad unalives himself like right. what okay. what more spoiler but like that's what happens and it's so wild because it's the last episode and yes they're trying to wrap everything up with a bow but like you said we could have just had this romantic k-drama ending look how everything's turning out flash forward two years later maybe we i mean they should have gone for everything and just had a wedding at the end what are we waiting for like they pushed everything else in this drama why didn't we get a oh, wedding no, so true so true it's not like they didn't know each other well by now but then um and yeah like i said i was bored by the idol track uh story and i also felt like the ceo really got away with being a dick like yeah. way too, like he he did not have a like i think the show wanted to give him a redemptive arc but again because they jammed so much into this drama they didn't actually manage to fully give him one so i didn't really feel like he deserved to be where the drama ended up at the end of the day like he's still the yeah. ceo and he doesn't like he's just been a dick like he's been really yeah, he was like, close and, to abusive you know the yeah and the once they like i said before once they revealed that they probably i mean they alluded to it so i'm just assuming that they had a romantic interest in each other or they were romantic with each other I just was like, gross, you're mm -hmm. gross. And you really took advantage of someone who I don't, I'm not going to say that she was um, vulnerable, but, but like she really power, trusted there's you. There's a power yeah. imbalance, right? Yeah. You know, she yeah. really she's trusted the artist, you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, no. And then there's like a part in it where he's like trying to wine and dine her again. I'm like, buddy, yeah, I know. this I isn't know. it. This isn't yeah. it. And it makes me sad because I really do enjoy him as an yeah, actor. Me too. Um, yeah. And there's a drama. You will never watch this drama because it is not good. <laughs> I hate to say that about dramas because I try to get everyone the benefit of the doubt. But it's called Now We're Breaking Up. Yeah, and I'm not watching that drama. I know. You, and you shouldn't because you wouldn't even make it through the first episode. But he's in that. And if you could just watch the scenes of him. Yeah. They, they, it's like the secondary couple. Yeah. He is part of the secondary couple so good yeah so incredibly good but unfortunately you have to watch the first couple to get all that and it's like not <laughs> no, worth it no. like it's yeah and, and not i'm not it. a i'm not a big song haiku fan yeah a um, lot of people aren't which no. is and i get it yeah. she, and i know you won't watch it but she was very good in the glory i yeah. will say that the glory really captured her essence in a great way but again um now we were breaking up was just I I watched it guys I took one for the team and I just was like okay I've seen enough <laughs> I'm good <laughs> you're done you're done seen enough I've seen enough yeah cool right so yeah. should we cover a little bit about what we're watching um, sure you go first well I've literally just now we're recording on the fifth of uh, January and I've just wrapped because I binged it in my daytime hour it took 
daytime K-drama watching always feels like a treat. Um, I just finished Death's Game and it's amazing. So just before we started recording, I was selling Megan on it. She's not started it yet. You'll love it. I think you'll, because you're a fellow Vincenzo fan like me. So um, you will enjoy all of that side of it. But it's also unexpectedly emotional and uh this cast is crazy like literally crazy everybody and their mother is in this drama um and um and i it really attracted me to the drama um mm -hmm. but um they don't just come for like you know cameos they actually oh, really good. bring their a game so you have like we have spoken again just before we recorded about how much we both love you and sue so you and sue was in good bad mother he was our kind of, I guess, our comic relief in you in 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 Good Mother, Bad Mother, and then he was also um, in uh, Alchemy of Souls. And so him and Kim uh, J, sorry, E J Ok have a reunion in Death's Game. So we get the two I'm, of them so together, in. and they have these amazing scenes together. Um, so I watched the first half just before Christmas, and I liked it. I thought it was really good and really fun and an interesting story, and really really tightly paced and well written but the second half that I've just finished today on another level like it just knocked it out the park it was amazing so we have Kim Jae-uk um, who's from Coffee Prince and Her Private Life um, and oh I've missed his chiseled draw he's just so amazing and he is a literal psychopath and he plays off uh, Kim Ji-hoon who is uh, from Flower of Evil he's Oma from the flower of evil and also a second lead from uh, love to hate you from 2023 um and they basically the drama alone is worth watching for these two having the most insane psychopath showdown together and they are freaking amazing absolutely amazing and oh then gosh. they have um oh jong se who um played uh sang tae in um in it's okay to not be okay and um he I love Oh Jung Se. He's just so good. Um, and they use him so well in this drama. Like he plays, without spoilers, one of the most pivotal roles in the whole of Death's Game. And um, he, we just basically get the whole gamut of his acting prowess in one or two episodes. It's amazing. And then the final episode, I basically spent entirely crying. Um, I won't say anything more because I don't want to spoil it. But it was, oh, I'm only still recovering from it. It was amazing. So everybody has to go and see Death's Game. It's only yeah. eight episodes. It's out on Amazon Prime. It's actually stars So Gok. Sorry, I didn't mention that. He's like my K-drama bias. So he's like the main character. He's the person that goes through Death's Game where okay. he lives. And it's not a spoiler, but he lives because it's right from the start. He lives 12 different lives, which is why we get all of these different cameos because he's playing all of them. And the drama is so smart and so well-written and so tightly paced. Oh, so yeah, love... please go and watch. Yeah. Um, I'm watching My Demon as yes. it should come to a surprise <laughs> to zero people. <laughs> um, and I love it because it's just off the rails. It, it was, it's like, um, what can I say? You just kind of have to let go with the reality it's like just unreal it's basically he's a demon um from like the beginning of time and he goes and makes he's like the devil and you make deals with the devil and he makes deals with all these people and that's how he gets like his energy and his power um and then 
as the events would have it, he has a meet cute. He rents out a restaurant that the main lead mistakenly goes to thinking she's on a blind date and she mistakes him for the blind date and they do not get along at all. And then later he does like this goblin walk where she is almost murdered. And when he goes to save her, things happen and he transfers his demon energy tattoo onto her. And now he's got to get it back. And it is off the rails. It's fun. It's sexy. It's like got a little bit of uh, family drama. It's got a little bit of murder. It's got some mystery. And then it's just got Song Kang wearing like, you know, designer clothes. And it's <laughs> it's everything I want in a drama, guys. Like it's just it's love. It's it's fun. It's maybe mystery. It's funny. So, yeah, like if you like stuff like that, that's. It's a lot of fun. And that's what I'm watching right now. Um, but I'm probably going to have to start Death's Game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to have to start that. And there's a lot of new things dropping. And I like to watch as they drop. Like, yeah. I like to watch dramas as they drop. And what's the one with... Um, Park Mignon in. Park Mignon. Yeah, that yes. is good. You should start that too. So that's Marry My Husband. Yes, um, Marry My Husband. That's on yes. my list. That's also, yes. on, that's also on Amazon Prime and also stars Nain Wu. Have you watched Perfect Marriage Revenge? no oh my god you have to watch that you have to watch it it's basically perfect marriage revenge and marry my husband sorry i'm not being tangential that they basically have the same plot oh okay set up they are slightly perfect marriage revenge is a completely soapy like telenovela matt jank um like melodramatic revenge a story um part marry my husband is not mac jang it's uh, it's still comedy but it's a, l- a little bit darker um but th- the story is effectively this kind of timid um um meek um wife discovers that her husband has been cheating on her and that her whole family is just awful to her and want to kill her and um instead of dying they time travel back through means um, to an earlier part of their life to get revenge on the family and the husband and the person that they cheated uh, with. So it's a similar setup for both of these dramas. They're just obviously going to go in slightly different directions, I assume. But um, turns out that um, revenge, time travel... (laughs) dramas are like a trope that i really enjoy so they're like so satisfying so because well, obviously it's, it's like a k-drama thing of like the they're treated so badly at the start like you know and they're not spoilers mm-hmm. what i've just said is not a spoiler because all happens is episode one and it's so bad at the start that you spend your drama just rooting for them and just going yeah you should like get it to they're so awful like deliver them revenge and, um but it's done it's done really really well and um nain Wu, who was our sad cousin in mr queen is always always like eye candy worth watching and he's he plays a ceo and um he's he's not quite what he seems so we're all trying to work out what his what his thing is but he looks super hot uh in glasses and uh <laughs> perfect <laughs> and plays a chobo so yeah yeah check that out too i will because what is so funny is the only other thing i've ever seen non in is called jinx at first sight oh god did which... you watch that drama it was the most I... It really was. Okay, it's so funny that you say that because I struggled, but I just had to get through it. I, I just don't had even, to get through it. I don't even know why I kept watching it because I 
like it's it's one of those dramas it has one of the best k drama starts ever like the It first does. episode Mm is hmm amazing and i remember starting it thinking like oh my god this could be this could be a great drama i'm 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 so in and then it just never it's like it's like they switched out writers or something It's so funny because we watch these dramas, like, how do we end up watching these dramas that were like, I watched this drama and he was in it. It wasn't great, but I watched the whole thing. Like, I watched I the just, whole thing I I watched think the I'm whole like, thing too yeah it's because I'm like that with books too. If I read a book that I'm just not really enjoying, I'll, I'll finish it just ah because I, I'm not a do not finish person. ah It's very rare that I start something and I, if I, sometimes it takes me a year to go back to, I will go back to it, but like. Sometimes, especially with K-drama, I feel really guilty sometimes with K-drama because, like, especially if it's one that's dropping, I'm like, I really want these, like, I want the actors to know that, like, they did a really good job. Like, I still love them. I just need them to know that, like, I'm not giving up on them. I really I am. But, like, I'm not giving up on you, but I am. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. It doesn't make any sense. But I think it's funny that we watch a lot of the same, like, we've seen a lot of the same ones where we were like, we don't even talk about them. We No, don't wreck we, them. yeah, there's We don't, no, like, there's no, yeah, yeah. That was what, that was probably my worst drama of 2022 by quite a margin. I still, like I said, I still Not don't mine. know why. Not mine because I watch Why Are We Breaking Up? So it was not mine. <laughs> that was worse than jinxed <laughs> it at first. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh. and the other one I watched this year that I will tell you, hard to watch, but it ended up being really good, was Bora Debora. I don't know if you've heard of Oh it. yeah, I I watched that. I watched it. True to I love love. that. I really love that. And I know, listen, the first two episodes could have been condensed into one episode. I get that. Like it totally... Like I remember watching No, no, it and I didn't thinking. I didn't have a problem with the first set. I didn't I actually quite liked her breakup stuff. I thought it was really realistic. Me Like too. I it really felt like that's a breakup I've been through. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people were like, oh, come on, Yeah. uh, you But know. I love the male lead and I love he was the male so lead. cute. I love the And the male way lead. they got together and they were so like timid with it. Oh my God. It's such a good story. And like he would get drunk and call her and she would get drunk. It was I so, love I love you in it was there good. as well. I think she's just such a good comic actress. He really So there is. was, I mean, Yeah. like, Mm I, I think it was patchy for me. Like, I wanted to love it more than I did. And and I think hmm it's one of those dramas that could have been so much better than it was Yeah. if some of the editing and Themes. stuff had been, Yeah. Mm yeah, hmm like, taken. Yeah. But, yeah. I watched that and then I had watched Love to Hate You, which Love to Hate You is like one of my top. I love 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 to Hate to You. You is so good. I don't know why the Nunas So good. haven't covered Love to Hate You yet. They need to, I think they they're really going need to to do. because they fell in love with Tall You. Um, Oh, you tell. yeah, you tell. Yeah. They fell in love with him from watching past lives Past or lives, was, yeah. yeah. Megan, Megan's already watched it. I think it's just one of Yeah, the others need to, it's yeah. really, it was, I remember watching it and thinking, why aren't more people watching this? It's so, it's short too. It's only like I know, eight episodes. that's what I said. I was like, you guys could do this in, you know, like a few A weekend. couple of days, yeah. It's so cute. Yeah, it's Yeah, really it cute. was really good. That that lead cracked me up forever. But Oh, anyway, he's great. okay, Yeah, I guess that's we should so do good. our goodbyes. Yes. Okay. Right, so thanks, Megan, for a really fun chat on Castaway Diva. Thank you, Sarah, for always watching these dramas with me. We see them to the end. <laughs> We we absolutely do see them to the end. I'm hoping that we find one that we both love equally and we're able to cover it. Um, and so we're not at odds, but I just love being at odds with you. I love yeah reading your stuff on Instagram and I love just going into your comments and being like, well, <laughs> I actually like that. I think I I quite like it I think this is Yeah. like the track the MO track of like Megan and uh, Megan and Sarah kind of Yes. like politely disagreeing on a drama
but we're representing people like in their taste so it's all good so hopefully yeah we'll be back to cover another deep dive we don't know yet what but um have a great 2024 of k dramas yes. everybody um and we will speak to you soon yes bye Samnida. thank you for listening to afternoon and delight where can you find us outside the pod head on over to afternoonadelight.com that's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!